Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father? Good, real good. Good to be with you. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy octave. Happy, yeah, how happy octave of Christmas. We're Happy uh, Christmas season, all these things. Yeah, yes, yes uh, the sixth day. Of yeah. the octave, yes, I believe you. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, we're we're in the in the thick of the Christmas season. We're still celebrating. Yes. So hopefully nobody's taking their decorations down yet. Right. Hopefully they're listening to carols still. Christmas carols. No longer the Advent music, but we've moved into Christmas. We have Christmas carols, <laughs> not Valentine's carols or whatever comes next in the secular holiday schedule yeah. it, it is i was kind of sad that like the, the day after christmas you go to the store and they're taking stuff down it's like can we just leave it up for <laughs> i mean at least the octave but just a little bit yeah yeah i suppose they're trying to sell stuff though yeah it's a different world yeah uh did, did you have a good a good christmas i did yeah it was nice i my my parents came up and i was able to see uh two of my siblings and their families so we went to one of their houses and the others came over so yeah, it was good my youngest brother had to snowplow. He snowplows, and so it was a busy time. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we got a, a little uh, Christmas snow. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Did they have snow out in Brainerd when you were out there? Yeah, yeah, we got um, we got a good amount. It's probably six inches. Sure. So it was a, a little, uh, you know, the roads weren't fantastic. Sure. Did you guys so. go to Mass out there? Did you go to St. Francis or St. Andrews? Or yeah, what? yeah, we went to St. Francis. Okay. And it was... For Christmas Day, it was just me and my mom and my dad. Okay. And uh, that was the first time in my, I don't know, probably, I don't know if I've ever got, not got, like gone to Christmas Day Mass. We, we've always gone to Christmas Eve. So probably, I don't know, since I can actually remember, we've always gone to Christmas Eve. So, sure. so it was the kind of first time doing that, uh, which was, was good. It was, it was a nice nice experience. Sure. Good. Beautiful Mass. Beautiful so mass. My, my mom and her... Uh, some of her friends always decorate the church, so yes, you know the posse, as they call them, or yeah. the well, we won't say the other word. <laughs> well, I can say harem. Uh, was, we always joked with Father Tony. Oh, you got your harem. They're all there doing because he'd always have all these ladies who would help him decorate and do things and get things done. And it's like they all come together and they get things done for they. Him. They do get things done. They're sort of like a force out there. <laughs> they are. They're you gotta watch out for them too. <laughs> yeah, don't cross them. <laughs> uh so but but yeah so it, it was a good uh good christmas uh kind of quiet but it was nice also it was yeah. nice um okay. i think i think uh and hopefully a lot of people had this experience if you had kind of a quieter christmas you're able to just relax and have like the peace of it you know yeah. sometimes it's just so go go go, go, go and right, right. hectic that it's hard to actually enjoy it so right. it's kind of forced upon us this year and so hopefully we're able to you know enjoy that a little bit yeah as much as we could but um i guess we can start off with uh anything that's going on this week yeah we got a couple things a couple things so we have a holy day not a holy day of obligation this year because there's no obligation but it's a holy day and normally it would be a holy day of obligation which means we're obligated to attend mass um et cetera et cetera we could talk about that but we have mary mother of god which is uh, New Year's Day, so the first, um, which this year falls on Friday. So we have two Masses. We have a 5 o'clock 
Vigil Mass at Holy Family, and 11 o'clock uh, on the day of, so 11 o'clock at, at St. Lawrence. So 5 o'clock Vigil here at, or down the hill at Holy Family, and 11 o'clock on the day of at uh, St. Lawrence. So those are our two options for the Holy Day on the 1st. Yeah, and then uh, starting next week, so that would be, what? what's that? That Monday, the, ten, uh, the fourth, January fourth. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, January fourth. Uh, we're ha- having uh, faith formation. Oh yeah, that we yeah. So we're starting back up. Back, right? So Tuesday, which would be the fifth, we have uh, our CIA or uh, the Intro to Catholicism classes down at Holy Family, uh, six thirty. Again. Yeah. So we're starting up again. We're going to be talking about some awesome stuff that I get to teach this week, so it's exciting. Come come on down. And then we have um, Faith Formation starting up again with the Younger Disciples on Wednesday, and they start at, I want to say 6 or 6.30. Do you know what time? I, uh, I don't know. I know the older ones start at 7, so it's probably probably start, starts at 6, I would bet, Yeah, because we're yeah. done by 7, I think. Yeah, so 6 okay. o'clock. And then what else? Oh, we started a new theme mm-hmm. uh, last Sunday. We started our family theme. So if I can remember, we started with confession, then we started with um, the saints. saints, and then we had baptism, and now we're on to family. So that's our next Catholic essential theme that we're sort of talking about the next few weeks. So uh, in case you're aware of the themes, we haven't done like a great job of like making it like really well known, but that's that's what we're doing. We have these Catholic essential things. We're basically picking out different things that the kind of the readings kind of go along with and that seem like this is a good thing for us to talk about as Catholics. Um, so this is one of our essentials as family. So, Yeah, and I, I mean, so, uh, this is kind of, we just had the Feast of the Holy Family. So it's, so, it's kind of a nice a nice kickoff. Yeah, right? right, exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. So yeah, I've, is there any other things going on that we need to talk uh, about? That's all that I have written down. We've made so, it through the list. Yeah. Uh, but this week, we won't forget to uh, start with a prayer, start with a prayer like we did last week, yeah. like I did last week. Well, so, we both uh, did it together. <laughs> so uh, would you sure. open us with a prayer? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we come before you. We give thanks for this season of Christmas. We ask your blessing on all of our parishioners, uh, especially any who are struggling during the Christmas season. Um Maybe for different reasons, we just lift them up in prayer. We give thanks for the incarnation, that you came among us, that you shared your life with us, and that you uh, spent your life for us. And we ask these things as we ask our mother to intercede for us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Yeah. So, what are we talking about this week? Uh, this week we have uh, a couple little topics. A couple little topics. Yeah. Right. So uh, that I want to touch on because uh, in the, the last couple episodes we've kind of just been going with the church calendar, talking about different feasts and different things that are going on in the church, and still kind of sticking with that theme uh, today. But um, there's yeah, there's just a there's a lot going on, like in the church calendar right now. Right. Obviously, we just had Christmas. Yeah. Then the day after that is the 
piece of Saint Stephen, the first martyr. Right. And I think was it the day directly after that was Holy Family, or maybe a couple days? Saint John would be normally, but because Holy Family trumped it this year, there was no Saint John, the, evan- the evangelist or the beloved. So then the twenty eighth, which was Monday, was Holy Innocence. Yep. And then we had Thomas Beckett yesterday. If if you're uh, a Beckett fan. And yeah, and then coming up, we have Holy Mary, Mother of God. That's right. And then this Sunday is the Epiphany. Epiphany, right? So, so it's kind of a bunch of kind of. And then the following Sunday is Baptism of the Lord already. Yeah. So it's just like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So th- there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. and uh, so one thing that I kind of want to start off with is we're currently in the octave of Christmas, but we're also in the season of Christmas. Right. But those are two different things. Different things, yeah. So would you be able to kind of just explain a little bit, a little bit about sure. that? So there's there's two times in the in the calendar, the church calendar, where we have an octave. So Christmas is one, and then we do one for Easter. Um, I always like to say in the old days, they had three octaves. They had one for P- Pentecost as well, but we don't do that anymore. So Pentecost has been reduced down to one day. Um, but basically an octave is like eight days when the church says we're going to celebrate this special feast kind of in the same level of celebration. So it's not like the peak. It's more of like a plateau. Like you get to the plateau, and then you're up there for eight days, and you're just like dancing and having a good time and eating lots of good food. And um, So eight days of solemnity, which is very unusual in the church calendar. Each day is celebrated as a, as a solemnity. So it's, it's very um, basically like a Catholic way of saying let's party. And so eight days. Now the Christmas season goes until the baptism of the Lord, which that's why we, we have Epiphany. And then we have the next weekend is the baptism of the Lord, the 10th. So this year it falls on the 10th. So um, that's the Christmas season. So really, if you're into following the, the church calendar, you would keep your Christmas decorations up to the 10th this year. And you would keep doing Christmas carols and eating Christmas cookies and all those things uh, up until the 10th. And then after that, you can switch to ordinary time. So, Yeah, so I think I think that's... Does that clarify? Yeah, that, that's good. That helps. Yeah, so the, the 12 days of Christmas songs is a little confusing sometimes because how does that fit in there and so forth. And, yeah. and sometimes people would keep their decorations up until the um, presentation of Mary or Candle Mass, uh, which is February 2nd, I believe. So that's a long time. And I, growing up, I think we probably did that. We had our Christmas tree for a long time, but it wasn't intentional. It wasn't like, oh, we're, we're Catholic, and so we keep our tree up. It was more like, I don't want to take it down. It's too much work, da-da-da-da. So. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think I think it's good for us to kind of think about those eight days of you know the octave of Christmas and just try to be proactive in like celebrating that mm-hmm. mindful yeah yeah and uh because because yeah if there's anything you're like oh uh normally you know like there's a couple of days a week that i try to uh fast from certain things or whatever it may mm-hmm. be and uh isn't really nice because so normally like on tuesday mornings i'll try to take like a cold shower which uh some are, are, are not fun no no uh but so i do I you ever I, find yourself like going ah, i'm just not gonna take a shower today <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> I have in the past. Sure, yeah, sure. yeah. I've just been like, you know what? I'm gonna take a shower before I go to bed or something, <laughs> like something like that. Sure, I'm like, yeah, sure. you know, maybe maybe just not today. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but so it's like, oh well, that means I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're in the octave. Like we're in the octave of Christmas. The, the church basically says don't fast. Like, yeah. The, if, you should have a really good reason for fasting if you're gonna do it during the octave. Yeah. Yeah, and so so it's just nice because it's like, yeah, we're we're celebrating. This is a feast day. This is a solemnity. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so can't can't fast today. Can't do it. Which which is great. Got to celebrate. <laughs> got to eat that extra chocolate. Got to got to do whatever. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's good to really, uh, you know, kind of like what you said, just be mindful of these feast days because we do have you know those days where the church asks us to fast, and so mm-hmm. uh, it kind of bounces it out a little bit. And I yeah. think uh, we can kind of get in the mindset of oh, the church is always telling us to fast and be be sad yeah. and this and so Let's it's all like, be sad together and... <laughs> so yeah. today's one of their this octave is those days where it's like no let's all celebrate let's all mm-hmm. you know have fun be joyful yeah um yeah and it, there's there's a difference between like celebrating and binging like yeah sometimes we don't know the difference especially in our culture i think we're not very good at like the subtleties of like feast and solemnity and what does it mean to like recreate well um, you know, where I'm more like work really hard, work really hard. Oh, I'm so tired and it's the weekend or it's Christmas and I'm going to binge. I'm going to just eat till I'm sick and sleep till I'm sick or whatever, you know, like we, we don't have that balance. So being Catholic means we try to live that balance of like celebrating, but celebrating in a way that honors the Lord and that I feel good. Like, you know, we've all had probably not yeah, most of us probably had the experience of like eating too much or you're like, oh, like I don't want to do anything the rest of the day or I feel gross because I haven't been eating chocolate for a month and now I just ate a bunch and whatever. Yeah. So all things part of the part of the solemnity of Christmas, we can we can try to honor that by celebrating well. Yeah, that's great. Um, so that was our first mini topic. Mini topic, right. Uh, second, second mini topic. It's something that uh, I talked to you a little bit about before this, but when I was at uh, Mass this weekend down in Brainerd, Father Bo was talking about this, and I thought it was it was kind of interesting. And he just kind of pointed he pointed out that the first day after Christmas is Saint Stephen, who is the first martyr. And I was kind of I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that is kind of curious that the Church would give us you know right after the celebration of the Nativity, Jesus' birth, we're all happy, mm-hmm. joyful in the octave of Christmas, then the very next day is the first martyr, yeah. which is like, I mean, it's not a letdown because it's like, oh yeah, we have to you know celebrate his life and the kind of path he paved. But mm-hmm. it's also like, you know, it's, it was, he's a martyr, so he got killed for his faith. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you got hit by a bunch of stones. Let's, yeah. Let's celebrate that. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is a little, it, may, seem, might seem to clash a little bit, but yeah. you know, uh, yeah, so St. Stephen, um, I don't know, I was saying, I don't know what the calendar, like how he got on the calendar to be on the 26th, but that is the day. And, um, you know, it's actually the apostles. You can read about it. I don't know how often we remember that other than that one feast day. Like if, you know, when else do we read it in the scriptures? I don't know. But the modern, he's a interesting saint because he's a deacon, one of the first seven deacons. And he was like really preaching. He was really going after the Jews and kind of speaking to them in a very forceful way and um, not not in a like a bad way. He was just kind of like really pro- proclaiming the, the gospel to them and they didn't like it. And so they took him out of the city and stoned him and actually started a, a persecution which spread the church into other places. So, um, and St. Paul, who was also an apostle, he was called Saul at the time, was also present there. So you got some side characters in the, in the show of St. Stephen. But yeah. Yeah, the whole idea of celebrating a martyrdom, I think the idea is like he's the proto-martyr, I mean the first martyr, and this is the day that he was 
you know, united to Christ, you know, um, when when he died, he went to heaven, you know, because um, he saw a vision of heaven before he died and saw that and, and asked that God would forgive his his uh, the people who were killing him. So pretty, pretty incredible guy. And so I think the church holds him up as like, hey, um, when you follow Christ, this is part of that sometimes is you're called to make this ultimate sacrifice, but it's it's a celebration in a sense of when you have lived well and died well, we celebrate like we're this is a good thing. So yeah, and then <clears throat> as we kind of mentioned earlier, a couple of days after that is the feast of the Holy Innocents, right? Uh, which uh, makes sense like kind of narratively because right after Jesus' birth, right, right. there's uh, the story of the Holy Innocents. So I guess it makes sense in that. To, to that kind of uh, extent, but uh, we don't really talk about the Holy Innocence that much yeah. as a church. I feel like it's until, a daily mass, so you don't. Yeah, unless you unless you bring it up during a weekend, most people aren't going to hear about it because it's it doesn't typically fall on a Sunday. And if it does fall on a Sunday during the Christmas season, then it's not celebrated because then it would be Holy Family instead. But yeah, so we we at the Epiphany, which is this coming weekend, we read about the wise men going to see Herod, but then we don't get the account of what happens afterwards. Um, so the Feast of the Holy Innocence, we get that account of Herod going out and killing all these children, these boys from two two years and younger um, in the city of Bethlehem. So he was searching for the king that he was felt threatened by, and so he, he had his soldiers go out and kill all these innocents. That's why it's called Feast of the Holy Innocence. So these children, um, in some way the church has said, we honor these children's sacrifice because even though they were children, they they died for Christ in a sense because they, they, Herod was searching for them, so they died in the name of Christ. So, And you had brought up this interesting concept of Curtis Martin ma- making this mention. That I thought that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of years ago, I was hearing this talk by Curtis Martin, uh, and he was, he was just really kind of explaining how a, a couple of the times where God has really like intervened in the world and in history and made just really big moves has been a, like kind of surrounding the killing of a bunch of innocent youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time is uh, in Egypt yeah. with Moses and just, you know, kind of slaughtering of a bunch of uh, Israelite, uh, I guess. And I don't know if that, that was just boys or if that was boys and girls. Or... It was just boys at that time. The, the, the Pharaoh was trying to get rid of the Israelites by... You know, basically cutting cutting off their their line of yeah. the male line and, and and all the families. So yeah, and so uh, and but then through that, you know, Moses was um, kind of hidden and uh, saved through that. And then uh, Moses, you know, obviously led the Israelites out of Egypt. Right. And then uh, the second time was with the birth of Christ. Right. And the killing of the holy innocents. And so, um, but then during this talk, he kind of talked about just today and the massive amount of uh, children who are aborted and killed and how like you know today could also be one of those one of those times when god is going to intervene yeah 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 well i'll welcome that you know yeah it's, it's always a little scary when when god starts doing some big time things like you know i don't know what the people have joked about this year like the nine you know the plagues of Egypt. Oh yeah. Like, what are the plagues that we've gone through this year? The murder hornets and the COVID and the 
different things people name off. But yeah, no, um, it is interesting. I, I had never thought of it in that terms before. So that's a good, good little insight. And who knows if God is planning something big for us. So, mm-hmm. um, right. Well, the, the last thing, the last of the three topics is I want to talk about um, the the Holy Day that's happening on uh, New Year's Day. Uh, Mary, Mother of God. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about Mary the last couple weeks, um, but I think maybe one thing in particular I want to touch on is why um, why it's just so important that we have Mary as Mother of God. Because I know that was been that's been a really big uh, debate in the early church was that is like oh is Mary she's obviously the mother of Jesus but is she the mother of God? Because that's mm-hmm. it's kind of like a whole other deal, yeah. right? Because yeah. just thinking about it uh, with my lay mind. is 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 like okay so mary uh uh i mean through the holy spirit mary uh conceived jesus and uh birthed him just a couple days ago and so uh it's kind of this thought that okay mary uh had jesus kind of the human Mm -hmm. but she didn't um she didn't cause god to exist where that's kind of how I mean, her title, Mary, Mother of God, mm-hmm. talks about how it kind of like, oh, well, she birthed God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I, I can t- I can see what, like how people are kind of like, oh, that's like, I don't know if I like that yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it is it, 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 it's a big claim. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, she has uh, like one of her, I guess it's maybe a different. Um, it's Greek. Like they talk about Theotokos. Theotokos. Yeah. yeah. It's like kind of like the God Greek there. Pronunciation of like Mary, Mother of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like God bears, like the one that bared God. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- yeah, that's been a, a huge debate within the church. So yeah, I don't know if you can give a little insight into that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot there, but I think um, so the incarnation, Jesus becomes flesh. So it's not that he took, uh, I had a professor, he was German, he would always say something like, it's not like Jesus put on a bodysuit and, you know, that God put on a bodysuit. No, he attached himself to humanity, so he became a man. He became one of us. So he's, his, his humanity and his divinity, um, although, you know, he's still the, thir- the, the second person of the Trinity, but he bound himself to humanity. So that's why if we weren't to say that Mary is the mother of God, then it kind of draws into question, like, well, did God really become... A man did, did Jesus was was he really God or not? You know, like if he was, then she bore God, right? She, she, you know. So it it brings into that question of, you know, what was Mary, Mary just sort of a, an irrelevant way of coming into the world, or was it something that was critical to Christ's mission that he decided, I want to come as a man. I'm going to be born um, through a woman. So he did. He's decided that's how we wanted to do it and so to to call mary the mother of god is very significant uh the council of ephesus i think it was in 430 or 450 somewhere in there this became this was what that council was kind of trying to decide one of the major major things was hey can we call mary mother of god or is she just mother of jesus or mother of the humanity of jesus but not mother of the you know the divinity of 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 jesus so um and the church came down on the side of saying, yes, in fact, we can call Mary the mother of God, and we always have, and we will continue to teach that. So, um, But it is an interesting question of, you know, you think about, like, 
Okay. Two natures. Fully fully divine, fully human. How are they connected? If there's sort of like a split in them, then it's a different reality, right? Then if if he just sort of borrowed humanity for the time being, but then once he ascended into heaven, he shed that as sort of a... But no, he, he remains connected to human flesh. So he has... In, in heaven, he will have a body and so forth. So we will be able to see him in that way, just as we will have bodies. So it's interesting um, to, to kind of work, work our way through that. And I think for sometimes for people, we don't really think about all those subtleties of like, what, what does it mean to say that Mary is the mother of God? Probably many people have never thought of like, well, what does that mean? Like, or what does it mean if, if we don't say that, if we don't call her the Mary, Mary mother of God, what, what do we just call her Mary mother of Jesus? Like, that's pretty a subtle thing, but. Yeah. And, it kind of reminded me of what we talked about when we were discussing the Immaculate Conception mm-hmm. is that like, yes, it says something about Mary, but it, even more, it says something about Jesus. Cause if we just mm-hmm. call Mary the mother of Jesus, then it's like, Oh, okay, well, Jesus is Jesus, not God. Right. And so, uh, whereas like, yes, we're, you know, this is a feast commemorating Mary, mm-hmm. but like more so she's a lens through which we can see and understand right. who God is and right. who Jesus is. Right. And that's the, that's the case with all the Marian feasts. They're always, they're always, we're always seeing Mary, but always she's always pointing us to Jesus, her son, and like you said, a, a lens by which we come to know more about Jesus. So all the you know, all the dogmas of Mary, they're all about Jesus when it comes down to it, more than more so than about her. So, um, I mean, she's the instrument by which God worked in our lives and worked through. Uh, humanity so yeah yeah and if i'm correct around that time of the you said the council of ephesus mm-hmm. uh there were there was a lot in the early church there was the heresy that jesus wasn't fully god right right and so and so that that's why if you also like look back to that that's why this is so important mm-hmm. is because there was a lot of uh there was the questions of is Jesus God, or was he fully God? Yeah. Uh, and so... Yeah, there's like docetism, which is like sort of an adoption, like at the baptism, Jesus became divine or was adopted by God or something like that. You've got all these kinds of different subtle heresies or false teachings that are out there, and a lot of them were happening around that time. So this was part of clarifying that and saying, no, Jesus is fully God. He is fully man. He is, he was born of Mary, and we could say Mary is mother of God. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually a church in Rome that's named for this. They built it right after the Council of Ephesus, um, and it's the big Marian church in Rome. I mean, there's there's lots of them, but uh, Mary Major, is, it's one of the four major basilicas, and so the original structure dates back to 430, so or around, around that time. It was probably finished somewhere in the 5th century because it was a big church, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh I, fun fact, when I went to Rome, that was, we, the guy we were with, the priest, he knew someone there. And so we got like, to, like a behind the scenes tour uh-huh. of St. Mary Major. You got to be, go, go behind all the grills and everything and yeah. see everything. Yeah. Yeah. That we, there's like a little like balcony when you're, cause when you're in the, when you're outside, I, I don't know what, what that's called when you're outside the church, but in, in the front. Yes. The, um, there's a little, like, fountain up there, but there's, yeah. a, like, a balcony. So we were able to, like, go up there and actually, like, look out oh, over, nice. like, um, the 
that area. The so. square. Yeah. 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 No, it's a cool church. There's um, a piece or part of the uh, nativity or the like crib, the crib, the crash, however you want to call it, um, is part of the, in the they call it the confessio. So in church in churches in Rome, some of the big basilicas they have like up in front of the altar. There's like a little chapel underneath. Basically, you go down some steps and. They call those the confessios. So there's one at St. Peter's. There's one at St. Paul outside the walls. And there's one at Mary Major. So, yeah, yeah, nice, fun. Some some fun facts. Yeah. So if you want to go see the crash, you got to go to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, great. Well, do you have any any cl- final closing thoughts, Father? Hmm. Well, just encourage people to enjoy this time of celebration of the Christmas season and. Um, just yeah, encourage people to spend time with your family, spend time uh, taking in the the joy of the season, and because um, soon enough we'll be back into ordinary time. So yeah, yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Father, and uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we hope you have a great week, and we will see you next week. God bless.